0: From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to It's All Political. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And today our guest is Travis Allen. He's an assemblyman from Orange County. He's running for governor, a Republican. And we were talking, We was, this was recorded outside the uh, bathroom at the Republican convention here in Anaheim, uh, uh Couple weeks back. Now, what we're talking about today, we're going to talk about the gas tax. He wants to repeal the gas tax. And I asked him about where he differs from President Trump. I asked him this, I think, three times. And listen to what he says and what he doesn't say there. It's all on, it's all political. Okay, welcome to It's All Political, the Chronicle's political podcast. Today's guest is Travis Allen, Assemblyman from the OC here. uh, We're here in Anaheim at the Republican Party Convention. And Travis is running for governor of this great state of California. Welcome to It's All Political. Thank you
1: very much. My pleasure to be here.
0: By the way, we are uh, here in the the lobby of the... of the convention center across from the men's and women's rooms. So we might have some traffic here. <laughs> and we might see, we might see you some. You really pe- picked the best place yeah, guess, so yeah. much. <laughs> well, it's all political. It's, very mo- it's mobile, if nothing else. So give us your, your elevator pitch about why you this is a Republican convention. Mm-hmm. Why are you better than John Cox, your Republican opponent? And give us your elevator pitch, keeping in mind this elevator only goes to six floors. So. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So
1: look, you know, this is very simple. This is a race for the next governor of the state of California. Jerry Brown's termed out. So it's time for a new governor in California. There are six people in the race. There are four Democrats, and there are two Republicans. Mm -hmm. I am one of the Republican candidates. Now, I was born and raised in California. I've lived here my entire life. Unfortunately, I've had to watch my entire family leave. So my parents live in Oregon. My brother lives in Arizona. My best friend lives in Texas. Wow. They left why? Uh, Parents left because they wanted to build a home on the coast, and it was too expensive here. Brother works for Raytheon. His job used to be in El Segundo. Now it's in Tucson, Arizona. Best friend leaves, goes to Texas, double the size of his business, double the size of his house, pays no state income tax. I'm also an investment advisor, so I've been in business since 96, owned my own company since 2001. My clients all started out in California. They're now in 22 states around the country because of our crazy taxes, and it's just easier to live in other states. And so I've watched all these people leave, but I'm a Southern California surfer, right? I was born and raised right here, five minutes from the border, actually. I grew up in a little town called Chula Vista down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unless there's waves in Texas, you know, there's, or unless there's a hurricane, there's no waves. So I've got kind of stuck right here. But, but the point was, if I was going to stay here and I actually ever wanted this to be a state where my parents could come back to, my brother could come back, my friends and my clients could come back to, I realized I would have to do something about these out-of-control taxes that we have. And now we have out-of-control crime, and there's all these crazy ideas like the sanctuary state where we're sheltering people who are committing crimes in our country. I would have to do something about it. And so I'd have to get elected. And so I did. Back in 2012, I ran for the California State Assembly. That's like the Congress of California. Yeah. And I got elected. And so for the last five years, I've advocated for everything that pretty much every Californian believes in, which is let's lower our taxes because we pay among the highest taxes in the entire nation. Let's not have all of these crazy regulations that force businesses out of California. And and I fought for everything that ordinary, everyday Californians believe in that, that things that would make our state a better place to live, right. things that would actually make my family and friends come back. After five years in the California legislature, I realized that literally I will not be able to change the state from that seat. Uh, to give you an example, about six months ago, Jerry Brown passed the largest gas tax increase in California's history. This is the the gas tax that comes in on November 1st. Yes. It will be $0.12 cents a gallon on regular, $0.20 cents a gallon on diesel, and starting January 1st, your car registration goes up by up to $175 let me tell you what this means in real terms. Every time you go to fill up your tank in California, it will cost you an extra $2.50. Mm-hmm. Now, to many of the listeners, that might not be that much. But think about that single mom that lives out in the East Bay that has to drive back and forth to work just to pay for you know uh, food for her table and her health care for her children. This is the person that hurts the very most. Over a million Californians live in energy poverty. That means that or more of their money goes to pay for their energy cost every month. Mm. One in five Californians lives below the poverty line. Mm. This is because of these terrible policies we've had in place in California. So when Jerry Brown threw on this extra gas tax that we didn't need because we already pay among the highest taxes in the nation, and if you wanted to fix the roads, we already have plenty of money to do it, I decided to fight. And so I called up my attorney. I said, write five words. You know, The following code sections are repealed. Yeah. And we struck out 37 pages of law, and that is the repeal of the gas tax. When the attorney general tried to fight us, I just beat him in court, in superior right. court. And we now have a fair title and summary, so the people of California will know that this is the repeal of the gas tax. And even after I've done all that, and even after I've advocated for five years for Californians everywhere, I realized that. Even if we repeal this this onerous gas tax that will hurt the poor and the hardworking Californians the very most, mm. even if we do all of these things it won 't stop what 's happening in California. Our jobs and our companies are leaving to other states, and everybody, especially in the Bay Area, knows this because companies start in California, but then they leave they expand other places. Mm-hmm. The only way to change this is by being the next governor of the state of California. And that's why I announced that I'm running, and that's
0: exactly why we're going I, to win. That elevator went to the top of the Transamerica. There's exactly 70, right. 72 <laughs> floors. What, what happened to this next floor? Now, so the, you got the gas tax, and that's, that's, uh, that's, you had a little bit of a snag with that this week. And tell me what you think about this. Uh, there's a dueling and, uh, repeal of the gas tax, and one of, and you're, uh, one of your opponents, John Cox, is a co-sponsor of that. Does that mess up what you're trying to do? And Not what do you think all. about that? Not it's, at all. How can there can there be there can't be two dueling measures on this thing or what's gonna happen? Actually
1: that? there can. So they, they do slightly different things. So my gas tax repeal is as straightforward as it comes. It just it just wipes out the gas tax right. in totally in, in its entirety. The other measure is a constitutional amendment, which would not only um, erase the gas tax, but it would make all future taxes on on, on fuel to go before the, a vote of the California people. It's a so they, great idea. They,
0: they could both be signed. Oh, absolutely. You, you think they can coexist? They can absolutely coexist. What about they can Voter vote confusion. People like say, they, they, "Wait, what does this one do? What does that one no, do? No, Don't no. you want one?" Like, you I'll, know, I'll, yeah. are, when they go in the ballot box, they're confused all the
1: time. Not at all. Let's be very clear. If you see anything that says repeal the gas tax, sign it. It doesn't matter. They're both going to repeal the gas tax. Now, here's the issue, though. The issue is, is that the proponents of this other measure uh, have brought measures before, Mm -hmm. but they didn't take them all the way. So they had a pension reform measure that when they got a bad title in summary from the attorney general, they just abandoned the effort and they, they went home. And so we never got to vote on that. So I can't guarantee that their ballot measure ever makes it to the ballot. They need a lot more signatures than I do, about 40 percent more. Mm-hmm. And there could be legal challenges to their to their measure. Okay. So I can't count on, you know, someone else doing the job. I, but what I do know is that I do have a gas tax repeal. It will do exactly what it's promised to do, which okay. is repeal the gas tax. Okay. And I will tell you right now, it will be on your
0: ballot, and we will repeal that tax. All right. You have become sort of a favorite of the Trump crowd in uh, California, correct? They, they kind of, Trumpies are kind of gravitating towards it's, you. Yeah. It's for, for
1: basically pretty obvious reasons. You know, um, when, and, Ted, when Ted Cruz dropped out of the race, yeah. there was only one Republican. And so really, you know, in, in the United States, you had a choice. It was either going to be Hillary Clinton or it was going to be Donald Trump. Now, love the guy or hate the guy, the guy stood for Republican values and common sense values. Mm-hmm. You know, things like actually making the United States the greatest state in the nation and right. and more competitive and the best possible country for our citizens. And and as as an American, that resonates with me. And actually, it resonates with with everything else, too. I mean, you take a look now, stock market's up 4,500 points plus. We have the lowest unemployment in 16 years. Jobless claims are the lowest they've been since 1973. I mean, clearly... Donald Trump has had an effect, a very positive effect those, on the economy. those trends
0: were going on when Obama was president as well. So in, uh, the same, in the same, the trend line was continuing. They, well, they've actually accelerated
1: dramatically uh, because, I, you know, I've been in the stock market for right. quite some time, and we see a 4,000-plus point increase. We know there's something different. So, so what happened was is Ted Cruz had dropped out of the race, and, and I wrote an op-ed, and I said it's time for Republicans to unify behind Trump. Right. And the reason was very simple, because if you called yourself a Republican or you believed in common sense, you believed in the United States being the best country in the world and, and supporting our country first. I think that all makes very good sense because right. we need to take care of our people first. And, of course, we'll take care of everybody else around the world, but we've got to make sure that our economy and, and we are doing well. So I wrote the op-ed, and, of course, I supported and voted for the Republican nominee for president. Unfortunately, the other Republican you mentioned in the race, his name's John Cox, he's only lived here as a resident of California for six years. He moved here from from Chicago, right? Yes, and we know who lives there. He's exactly right. And he didn't vote for Trump. He voted for Gary Johnson. And, you know, in my mind, look, if you didn't vote for the Republican nominee for president, essentially that was a vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm. And that doesn't really resonate very well with statewide Republicans. And the last thing is, is that, you know, this guy's best idea is to take the California legislature from 120 members to 12,000
0: members. Can you explain, this is the neighborhood uh, legislature, can you explain this? Does this make sense to you?
1: Yes, yes, I can, in four words. People's Congress of China. This is exactly what it looks like. I mean, maybe it works in New Hampshire, but I don't know how this works in a state of 39 million people. This is actually exactly what they have in in these communist countries. It doesn't work. And and so, I mean, look, the bottom line is this. What will change California as a brand new governor? What's going to change California is actually cutting your taxes. And that's why I have to repeal the gas tax, because on day one, I will deliver on my campaign promise. What's going to change California is getting tough on crime fixing our education system, expanding our freeways, completing our state water project. Cool. These are things that are going to change California, not not putting 12,000 people in the state legislature. <laughs>
0: now, the, the, the challenge with that is, and you got a shout-out, sort of a, a silent shout-out from Steve Bannon last night. He said, our, if we have a new governor, and he kind of pointed towards you. Was, am I accurate there? Uh, that, that's, what, that's what many people said. That's what many people <laughs> said, and you acknowledge that. Okay. Um, the problem is that Trump's approval rate in California is 27%. So if you're all in with the president... People, a lot of Californians are like, well, I don't know if that's the guy for me. Where do you differ from President Trump? Okay, so
1: so let me be very clear. The New York Times asked me a question. They said, Travis, do you support the President of the United States? And I said, absolutely. And they said, well, don't you think that that will hurt you? In in your election to be the next governor of the state of California. And I said, absolutely not. Because you see, I think it's incumbent upon the next governor of the state of California to have the best possible relationship with the White House Mm -hmm. for the benefit of all Californians. I mean, literally, think about this. It doesn't make sense to go poke this guy in the eye at every turn when California is the largest state in the country. We pay more tax dollars than anybody else. We need a good relationship. Now, the question then becomes is, you know, is Travis Allen, you know, just like the president? Well, of course I'm not. You know, I'm I'm completely different.
0: Where do you differ from?
1: Well, lots of things. Number one, I, I'm Southern California, born and raised. Now, yeah. you know, I was born right here. And, and you take a look at what the issues are in California, and they're very different than the issues that face the United States. Yeah. You know, In California, we have among the highest tax in the nation, and those have to be cut. We have rising crime because we were the state of three strikes, but because of AB 109, 57, and 47, now criminals are getting out of jail early, and felonies are turning into misdemeanors, yeah. and crime is rising. I mean, we had 15.4 increase, 15.4% an increase in violent crime in the last three years in California. Last year alone, crime increased double digits in 34 of our major cities. So, I mean, these are real problems. Then you take a look at our education system, among the worst in the nation, used to be among the very best. Our state water project... It's completely non-functional. I mean, we just don't have enough water in the Central Valley. We don't have enough water in Southern California. We need to build more water storage. We need to look at desalination and everything else. It's an all of the above, but we need more water here in California. And then you take a look at things like our roads. We are stuck in the worst in the nation traffic. And Why? Because Jerry Brown and the California Democrats will not build any new roads or new lanes anywhere. In this latest gas tax increase, there is something called the road diet, which says not a penny of that $52 billion over the next 10 years can be spent to expand freeways anywhere. And that's a crime. Because, you see... I believe in driving. You know, I, I think that when we drive we're productive. We get to sure see our from family. The OC, friends. Yes. Right. You know, we, we all drive, right? In the yeah. Bay Area people drive, in, in all over California people drive right. and we're stuck in traffic. And when you're stuck in traffic, you're not at home with the people that you love, you're not with your family and friends, you're not at your job being productive. Right. And think about this. I mean if you care about the environment. What about the, you know, the environmental impact of all of those cars idling on the road? Doesn't it make a lot more sense just to expand our freeways, right. get to where we want to go so we're more efficient, and we're going to be a lot more environmentally
0: friendly all at the same time? But okay. well, you still haven't said where you differ with, from the president. Like, specifically, where do you differ from him on policy? Well, you know, I think it's, it's an interesting
1: question because, you know, with, with the president, you know, it's he's his focus is constantly changing with Congress about, you know, where he can fight and all these right. things. So do I believe in repeal and replace of Obamacare? Well, of course I do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys like Gavin Newsom that want to make California a single-payer state. Yeah. Let me tell you what this means. It means that you'd have to go to the DMV to see your doctor. I mean, if you think the VA worked really well for the veterans, that's what Gavin Newsom wants in California. By the way, it will bankrupt the state in the first six months. So do I believe in a repeal and replace Obamacare? You better believe I do. We yeah. need something better. And I I don't want single-payer in healthcare in California. I want healthcare choice in California where you can choose to see whoever doctor you want to yeah. see. And then you take a look at things like tax reform. I don't know if, you know, you take a look at the, the various things that are being proposed at the federal level right now. One of the biggest problems in California is we'd eliminate the state income tax deduction. Right. What do you think about that? Because that, that would affect a lot of people in California. Oh, well, it's a very big issue. You know, and it's actually something that, that benefits us in California because our state taxes are so high. Mm-hmm. States like Texas don't care a thing about this because they don't have the state income tax. Right. So, this is a big issue here in California, and it, it kind of doesn't seem fair to us because we're the largest payee into that. So, these are, these are areas where we're going to say, wait a second, we need somebody who is California first, right? We have to take care of California first. Because we have a responsibility to our state. And this is the problem. I mean, California is the greatest state in the nation. But literally, we've gone downhill f- dramatically. Right. We used to have the best roads, the best schools. We used to be where all the jobs would come to. Now we've got guys like Rick Perry, you know, who couldn't even remember all the state agents or the government agencies he wanted to get rid of, coming to California to take our jobs. Now, the point is this. Rick Perry is a good guy, but it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take a genius to run a state properly, he created one of the hottest job markets in the country in Texas with some very simple policies. That's what we need in California.
0: Well, a lot of those jobs in Texas, to be fair, are, were low-income jobs, low-wage jobs. Not exactly. And, and well, the stats show that. but uh, And also their education levels are not uh, as high, too. So, okay, and so there, there, there's a bunch of problems with those statistics because you take a look
1: the jobs. Many of the jobs that went over there originally were these lower-wage jobs, mm-hmm. but now their high-tech sector is booming. There is, They have, they have they got do. some t- high-tech. They system. do, and what's happening is with this really hot job market, money is pouring into Texas like, like you know, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And this is money that's coming from California. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the number one import in, in Texas is California jobs and California yeah. money. This is money that belongs right here. Ask yourself a question. For all of our you know, viewers and listeners out there in Silicon Valley, yes. with all of these phenomenal companies we have, literally Silicon Valley is the greatest economy probably ever known in, in human existence. I mean, so much wealth has been created in the south of San Francisco. It's amazing. Right. But the point is this. Where do all of these companies expand? Do they build their things here in the United States? Do they build them in California? No, they build them in other states or they build them in China. And And so there's a real problem. So we have this ascendant economy with all of this high tech, but then all of these, you know, hardworking Californian jobs, you know, all these mid-level jobs and low-level jobs, they're going away to other states. And the problem is is this is creating a two-tier system. So when you start talking about income inequality... The answer is not state redistribution of wealth and higher taxes and more welfare. That's the worst idea. Mm-hmm. The best idea is to bring these jobs back here in California. Have policies where we're the hottest job market in the United States, because then that benefits everybody.
0: What did you think? Last night, Bannon was talking about the lords of Silicon Valley. And he said that there's many people there who try and take advantage of the system. They park their, uh, their money overseas for tax purposes, yet wanting to reap the benefits of a free society, as I think uh, Steve Bannon put yep. it. What did you think about that? Look, I I think in large part, there's a lot of truth to that. I'm an investment
1: advisor. I've been in the market since 96. I've owned my own company since 2001. I understand how money works. You know, I understand the reason to leave the state of California. I understand the reason to leave the United States, you know, to have your headquarters someplace else so you don't have to pay tax. I understand, you know, why Google wants to have offshore operations and and keep all this money offshore so they don't have to pay taxes. You take a look at all the trillions of dollars that U.S. companies have made. They're now offshore. The problem is, is that we're exporting our money we're exporting our production. It needs to be right here. And there's a problem with that. This, These policies might benefit a few extremely wealthy people and some very large corporations. But does this benefit the single mom that lives in the East Bay that's got to work two jobs just mm-hmm. to put food on her table? Absolutely not. And, and I think that that's the message that gets missed with a lot of this, is that there's 39 million Californians and they don't all live in the Bay Area. You know, Lots of these people, and when I say lots, I mean one in five Californians live below the poverty line. What are we actually doing for these people? The answer is not more welfare and more government handouts. That's the worst answer. It didn't work in Detroit. It was the fourth largest city in the, in the country, and, and now it's, you, know, you can buy a home for a dollar there. It's a black hole. It won't work in California. Socialism does not work. It didn't work in Venezuela. These, these policies of income redistribution won't work, but what does work? What works is a hot job market. What works is is actually giving the people the ability to work for themselves and and say, look, you know what, if you want to work, you can work. The jobs are going to be here, but you need policies in place to attract those companies, to have the companies start here, expand here. And that means lower taxes. It means more business-friendly regulations and actually having a governor that understands and puts California first and says, you know what, this will be a state that doesn't just benefit the wealthy few that live on the coast. Yeah. This is a state that benefits all Californians, and we're gonna put policies in place that benefit all Californians. And I think that what a lot of people see is this echoes a lot of things that we're seeing nationally. Because now you can see nationally, the stock market's gone through the roof, and unemployment is at the lowest level we've now seen in decades. This benefits the everyday, average, hard-working Californians and every you know everyday, hard-working Americans. These are the people that were left behind. Mm -hmm. These are the people that matter the very most. And if you want to talk about actually making our our state the greatest state in the nation again, we have to remember that it's not just about making money for the people at the top. It's about the people at the very bottom that are just struggling to make it. It's about our millennials that have to live at home until they're 30 years old. We want these people to be able to buy and afford a home and, you know, have everything else that, that everybody has because they work for it, not because they're handed it.
0: Okay. Speaking of money, one last question. Uh, fundraising has been a little bit of a challenge for you the lowest among the thing, the uh the folks I think right around with Easton, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars in the in the bank. I don't know what the latest is, but uh as of the most recent filing period. Not a lot raised. Also, for the gas tax, what?
1: how are you going to overcome that? Okay, so, so let's be clear. When I announced my candidacy, I think it was seven days before the uh, the, the financial filing. Right. So literally, I'd been in the race for seven days. Yeah. Um, so that, that filing is the only filing we've seen so far. Yeah. Fundraising has actually gone very, very well so far. Yeah. But, I mean, Can keep you tell in us mind, how
0: much you have in, in the bank? Or, or?
1: I'd have to check. But, you know, we're in the, the multiple hundreds of thousands. Okay. But the point is, is that what we're up against is Gavin Newsom with sixteen million dollars, and right? John Cox who and, could sell funds. and John Cox who has who's put in three million dollars, and Viarrigosa with five million dollars, and John Chung with nine million dollars. Yeah. But but the answer is this: the answer is, is that this race is not one with money alone. This race is one actually with the ideas that will make California the greatest state because this is a race that's about California's future. And fortunately, this message is resonating. So you'll see uh, our next reports come out on 1231, and we're looking forward to some very good reports on 1231.
0: And are you confident you'll have enough money to run a credible campaign?
1: Oh, without a doubt. No, I I, I am the Republican frontrunner. I mean, plain plain and simple. I mean, you will see it in every poll. Uh, Not only will I be be the Republican frontrunner, I
0: will win... fundraising or in polls you're talking
1: in, in winning in terms okay. of the polls right because this is what matters ultimately matters the votes so i will not only win and be in the top two in june i'm going to win in november and this is what everybody has to remember in 2014 everybody says oh my gosh travis how could you ever win as a republican in 2014 jerry brown got 4.3 million votes to win donald trump just got 4.4 4 million votes in california looked at differently in 2014 jerry brown got million votes. The Republican got 2.9 million votes. That's a difference of 1.4 million. If Neil Kashkari had only gotten 700,000 more votes, he would have been elected the governor of California. He was completely unpopular, not known by anybody, but that was only 2% of the state's population. And 10 million Californians didn't even show up to vote. So the point is this with a candidate that's actually talking about all of the issues that matter most to Californians, whether it's cutting your taxes, whether it's making our education system the best nation, whether it's making our communities more safe or reversing this sanctuary state nonsense where we are protecting people who are not here in our state legally, who are committing crimes with our taxpayer dollars. All of these issues resonate across California, and this is ultimately what, what
0: will propel me and what will make me the next governor of the state of California. All right. And, oh, one, request, one last one about the top two. There's a lot of discussion about uh, some people in the party who want to eliminate the top two. Uh, where are you, and do you think the top two should go away? So I was actually elected
1: underneath the open primary system. You know, I, I ran against another Republican who I beat um, to, to be elected first in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, What we take a look at is actually with the top two system, the Democrats have actually spent a lot more money than the Republicans because Mm -hmm. all these Democrats have been fighting each other and, and kind of wasting their money fighting each other. So I see advantages to both sides. I think what what, uh, was difficult for a lot of the Republicans was last year's Senate race when they had uh, Kamala Harris versus Loretta Sanchez. It was two Democrats on the top of the ticket, and they had nobody to vote for. And I understand that frustration. But I think the real answer is actually getting compelling candidates that can actually win and having these candidates fight so they are on the top of the ticket.
0: Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks so much, Joe. Let's take back our state. Thanks again. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks for listening and thanks to Travis Allen for joining us today. We're going to try and talk to all the folks who are running for governor in California because no matter where you are or what you're doing, we always know it's all political. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. And our producers are Peter Hartlove, Brittany Shell, and Claire Varellis. It's All Political's theme music. We have theme music. It's called Cattle Call by Randy Clark's Crow Song. The Chronicle's Josh Zucker, who is our podcast's musical director, is on bass. If you like what you heard, good news. There's more. Listen to Chronicle Podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com backslash podcasts, plural. Or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.